Hey everyone, it's Mike Kilner here and welcome to the Indispensable Agent Podcast. This is the podcast where the indispensable get a dose of inspiration to win the game and outpace market changes. As usual, I'm joined today by my co-host and my brother, Pat. Hey man, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Awesome. Good to see you this morning. Just like every morning. Wish I could say the same. <laughs> Only on the weekdays, at least. <laughs> at least on the weekends. We yeah, you show up at my house on the weekends, we got problems. Unless I'm invited. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we do like each other. I mean, Over a bonfire and a beer. Yep. So I want to jump right into today's topic because uh, you have, um, whenever you write a blog post or a submission for Inman or anything like that, it's usually pretty incendiary. Usually you're throwing out some fireworks. Hey, it gets readership up and it's actually just sort of it's my natural state. I'm sorry. Really is. You know this. It's your natural state. <laughs> so here's the, let me summarize your thesis and you can, uh, you can expound on it or correct me if I'm totally off. But Hit it. The thesis is that um, essentially in a marketplace where there is low barrier to entry, professional marketplace, there's a low barrier to entry, mm-hmm. i.e. Um, actors, Mm-hmm. Right, who are in the who are in the acting and theater and movie and drama industries? I considered myself an actor at one point. There you go. I was in high school. Um, yeah. or real estate, where it is very easy to get a real estate license. For example. For example, um, in those types of marketplaces, those professional marketplaces, the majority of people are essentially starving. It, yes, absolutely. They're they're essentially doing either no deals. Um, or no gigs. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you don't have to be in this industry long to realize or have, you know, some, some crazy subscription to see people's stats. All you have to see is you can look at any brokerage around and see that 50% of the people are like, literally didn't do a deal last year. And that's, yeah. that's pretty, pretty amazing. And then very few of them did two deals and then and then, then it sort of flips and you've got all these people doing a bunch of deals right at the top. There's very few people doing all the deals. So it's extreme Pareto principle for sure. And I think- The 80-20. 80-20 rule. Um, and and, and you, I think this is especially exacerbated in a low barrier to entry world where you can just call yourself an actor. I'm an actor. You know, I move out to this place, you know, New, New York, or I'm in, on the West Coast and- yeah, I'm at Hollywood and, and, and I'm, I'm an actor and then you're starving and you, they're called starving actors for a reason. And it occurred to me as I was talking to some, some of my coaching clients that unless you're willing to understand that you're actually a starving actor until you make it big, you could be in some, some serious trouble. Because I think oftentimes the, the allure of these businesses is the idea of making it big. And unless you understand that you're a starving actor right now until you have too many gigs to be able to even say yes to, right? That's the, that's the goal. That's those are the people we remember. Then, right. then you're, you're a starving actor. Right. And so the second, the second piece of this, right? It's not only a marketplace with a, with a fairly low barrier to entry where you, you see this, this um, characteristic show up. Mm-hmm. It's also in a marketplaces, in marketplaces where extremely unique and exceptional value is very highly compensated. You'll also find that the majority of people are not doing particularly well, or they're actually, they actually have to subsidize their income doing something else. 
Correct. So you can see this in both the acting world and in the real estate industry. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and this is this is the case. Like this is this is common of these two. You can't say this is common for all gig economies, right? As as you and I talked about earlier this week, right. it's it's not common because a, a gig economy that's an Uber driver. That's that's somebody you know. I'm picking up gigs, and and sometimes gigs are provided to you, right? So you know, but a starving actor is distinct in that they're not getting gigs just provided to them. Yeah, I think this is more. This is more. Uh, I think the more traditional term is freelance, right? Yeah. Talking about people who are who are. There is a certain paradigm for how the industry operates, mm-hmm. right? There are there are people looking for your services, but essentially, um, you're you're on your own right? You're, you are an independent contractor. You are a freelancer, right? Who can work for many different, different people. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And what's really interesting about this, if you look at historically real estate agents, people on average, people were more highly compensated on average prior to disruption of the industry, prior to mid two thousands, the, the, the disruption of, of the, uh, or I should say the single digit 2000s, prior to that, people were, were more protected from getting in and having their trajectory just because of longevity, they were able to make more and more money. But in a true gig economy in this way, where, where you, are, you are defined by the unique value that you give, What's, what makes great actors great and why do we pay lots of money to go see them on stage or buy a piece of their art and hang it on a wall or to 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 you know a true artist to go and see them why do they get the calls from agents constantly asking them if they'll take this part or this this gig talent agents not real estate talent agents (laughs) right why is that because they have created a unique and wildly valuable proposition to their audience right. about what they provide. And they've worked really, really hard to make sure that that's the case. And that's why their income is exponentially larger than everybody else's because their value is exponentially greater than everybody else's. Right. So then we could get into the economics of all that, but that's what's happening now. And the same thing is happening post, you know, 2008 or so in real estate more than anything, more than ever though, because you have all of these, the the people who have been able to to show unique, wild value to people are really, really highly compensated. The people who aren't are one of two things. They're either super, super commoditized, sort of fighting over the bottom, bottom part of the race to the bottom of, Mm -hmm. you know, my value is I'm going to charge you less money, Right. Because you wouldn't do that if you had a unique value. And if everybody wanted to give you a gig for, the gig to sell my house, the gig to, to find me a home, the gig to, to find me a new investment, um, would be when you show up, you'd be lights out. You, what would it look like if you were worth 15% on average to everybody that you served? What would you have to do systematically to be worth that? Great actors understand that, that is, that's where they have to play. Otherwise... They're just like the rest of the market. We're just starving. And that's the great majority of actors. And you can look up different statistics online. I've seen stuff up to 90% unemployment 
right? Um, I know, yeah, so you get all sorts of different, different measures of this. Unemployment's actually probably a bad measure because who's gonna, who's gonna say as an independent contractor, I'm actually unemployed? Well, does not having your license anymore mean you're unemployed? You were a real estate agent or an actor. Do you need a license to, you know, to be an actor? Probably not. No, so I don't think so. <clears throat> I don't think you'd be part of the, the actor's guild, I guess, but right. that doesn't make it. So we're going to get all sorts of angry calls from actors. Seriously. We're not like real estate agents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm offended. I used to be an agent. Now I'm an actor. Leave me alone. So what, what's though really interesting about this historically is that, uh, and I'm talking to agents constantly who have been in the business for 20, 30, 40 years sometimes, and who, whose businesses have gotten, who, whose businesses have shrunk, even though they're actually better at their craft in general. Right. What's interesting is they've not, since 2000, 2005, 2010, they've not innovated anything significant in their business to be wildly valuable to the new audience that they're right. in front of. So that's what a lot of my coaching conversations have been about. Okay, so what are you providing that nobody else can get outside of you, outside of your team? And if you can crack that code, which very few people can, but very few people even realize they need to, and that's why I wanted to have this conversation. If you realize that, if you realize that that's what you needed to do, you would obsessively look for the opportunity right. to be crazy unique and incredibly valuable and, and, and to shift people's mindset about who you are when you show up as an agent and your value to them. So that's, that's the premise. And sometimes I, I, I do feel like uh, when we talk about these things, um, it can seem like we're almost, we're like the canary in the coal mine. You know, we're, we're sort of, we're sometimes we can be seen as sort of uh, screaming about these things. But because it's such a slow roll of disruption in real estate, right? Because, because the National Association of Realtors is so large and there are so many people in the business, right? Mm -hmm. Just sort of by inertia, people are, are still getting into the business and still doing some deals and still surviving, right? Mm -hmm. But when you look at, when you look at the, the trajectory of the market, you could play this out five or 10 years from now, right? And don't look right in front of your nose, but play this out five or 10 years from now for your business as an agent, you can see that, you know, there are, there, there will be this squeezed middle, right. Of agents, which are, which are going to be increasingly um, less and less profitable because uh, what there already seeing, is, yeah. it's already there. I mean, we see it at, all the time, but I, I, I agree increasingly. So that there, there really is no middle ground either you're a commodity well a commodity or honestly and uh, you look at it or really way, not in employee, the business an employee of one of these larger companies right sure that sure that what they've done is is they're playing the same they're playing the same game as zillow and you you know who these companies are they're playing the same game as zillow where they are they're doing a phenomenal job of attracting consumer eyeballs online. I'm not knocking them for that. They do a great job. Yeah. They have an awesome product. I use it. You know, we all use their portals, but they've added the agent piece, but without their incredible focus on online marketing and dominating the, the world of online, you know, real estate, they would not 
be able to, to they wouldn't be able to sustain an agent population because that's their entire totally yeah and then the value so proposition is 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 similar to an uber driver right? very like, similar so very hey similar, yeah. we got a gig for you you want to show up to this gig we're only going to pay you this much because you're really not that valuable right. once i have sourced the lead right right versus I have more people. No, I'm sorry. I can't take that gig right now because I have a lot of other people who are going to pay me even more money. Oh, like exponentially more money because I'm invaluable to them. Right. So that's the other, that's the, that's the other side of this market, you know? And so you can see that there, like you're saying, there is very little room in the middle for profit margins. When totally. Really look at it. Like it's because, because well, that's what, your seat. if yeah. you haven't been able to differentiate yourself from these big players, right? Mm -hmm. To get to the level where you're truly indispensable, then you're going to have a tough time convincing people. Consumers are not stupid. You have a tough time convincing people to use you over using the much more convenient one or the the much more, you know, highly sought after and highly regarded agents on the other side. Yeah. No, it's, you know, could, can we get Harrison Ford for that? I don't know. Let's see if we can get him versus Hey, I hear, I hear Harrison starving and he's been taking, you know, side, side gigs and waiting tables. I bet you we can get him for this much. Totally different conversation. Completely different conversation. Right. And, and that's, and that's how agents are looked at. Do you think, do you think we could get John in here? You know, maybe he's too busy. I don't know. Give him a call. It's worth the try because he's excellent at what he does. Right. Right. Um, that's <laughs> good. It would be good to have that problem. Yeah. Right. Lawyers. You know what? I'm going to get somebody else to, you know, I, I, let's just go on the legal zoom and put our, put our will together. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what can we not do that, that any, you know, 90% of lawyers yeah. are going to do for us or, you know what? We get this will thing wrong. I've heard that this guy, I mean, people have a, there's a waiting list to, to have him or her write this because they understand that people need this to be done and it's bulletproof and their families rely on this. And, and so do you think we can get on their list, right? When people are trying to get on your list, then you've got a pretty big business. And I think that's where you have to get to as somebody who wants to be, as we call it, indispensable. This is the Indispensable Agent podcast. If you want to be indispensable, you have to think about how you can game your business to be Tom Cruise, Harrison Ford, name your actor, right? Um, and, and, and unless you are those people in this economy, your business is being wildly disrupted. And, the, and, and, and whether you realize it or not, the consumer views you in a commoditized fashion more and more because all they're seeing Every time they log online, every time they look at their phone and look at listings, they're seeing, I, I've got all the information I, I yeah. need. Right? So I think that, I think if we were, if we were going to go to, to very practical, to, to wrap up the conversation, right. And leave, leave, you know, the indispensable agents listening to this with something is I think there's both a, there's both a reality of how good you are at your craft. Yep. And then there's also a messaging part of it right totally so the two pieces have to learn and ta- have to have to work in tandem yeah what's your story what story are you telling just like a great actor what story are you telling to the marketplace about what your value is you have to articulate that story and you have to articulate it routinely and consistently 
and you have to articulate it to the right audience. So part of this, as you said, is a marketing question. There's the other side that's an execution question, right? You have to be able to execute and hit it out of the park then not have, you know, so that people, people load in the seats to come see you on stage, right? I, I want to I talk a little bit more about the story side, the story that you tell the right audience, because the, 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 the industry forces that are telling the other story is, why would you use that? Why would you pay that? We can do full service. We'll do this laundry list of things for you, right? So it's interesting. If, you're, if the story that you're telling can be summed up in a brochure as a 10-point plan or a 100-point plan. And what you're doing is trying to trade with, a, with, with facts and figures and, and, and some, some, some really nice, you know, here's, here's, here's the, the things that we're going to do for you, you know, the, the money that we're going to throw at your listing to get it to sell and the places that you're going to be advertised in. Right? All of that's features and benefits, all shiny things, all stuff that your competition can say. Right. You don't hire an attorney based on that. You don't, you don't bring in, you know, Audrey Hepburn, you know, to, because she has a list of features and benefits that look better than, than the brand new actor or actress. Right. So, and that's how you have to be, you have to begin to shift that. And our story has to be experiential and authoritative. And I think also deeply empathetic. We have to, why are actors really compelling? The great ones? It's because they, they get their audience and their audience believes that they empathize with them. So a list of features and benefits is not empathetic. It's convenient, but it's not empathetic. It's, it may be that this is everything that you're going to get with so-and-so, with, with the really, really expensive person. What, but the opportunity cost of not having somebody who has the track record that you have, who has the, 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 the formula of thinking through things, who has the philosophical, you know, here's, how, here's, here's why you work with us. You can sell how and what all day long till you're blue in the face. Until people identify with, your, with the why of why you show up and, and why you do what you do and why it's important to them, empathetic, they're not going to work with you. They're not going to pay you anything. And by the way, they're not going to refer you business as well. So that's, that to me is the most practical thing. If you're going to build out this story about why people should use you, you have to, you have to hit on both of those things, empathy, authority. And, and, and focus your, your story to the right audience. Excellent. I think um, I, the only thing that I, would, that I would add to that is that, just from a practical standpoint, is um, I found it helpful to always put yourself into the shoes of a particular client, right? A particular mm-hmm. person that you've worked with, right? So, like it's so. almost, it's almost, let you don't want to sort of generalize people into a into a population block you actually want to want to identify one person who you've worked with right mm-hmm. and and really get into their story and their background and what they were struggling with and how you're able to solve that i think mm-hmm. that's there's a lot of meat there there's a oh, lot yeah. of things to work with it gets it can be very ethereal if you if you sort of look at okay sort of a broad brush audience and you're trying to cater to everybody but if you can pick out one two of those people in your audience who you like, it was really so they, connect with them. It was the quintessential yeah. um, deal 
right? Where you were able, you're firing all cylinders and, and you were able to help them, right? You can, you can tell those, those stories, you know, you're not mm-hmm. telling that exact story, but that's, that's essentially the story that you want to tell. And there'll be a lot of, a lot of good material there. So. Love it. I think that that's, you hit it on the head. And, and by the way, it's really hard to empathize with a crowd. It's really easy to empathize with an individual. Right. Or, or it's Marcy's. We're actually wired for that. So as an actor, right? If you're the actor who wants to have all those gigs calling them, who wants those inbound referrals coming in, the message to, that, that I, have to, I have to remind myself of and that I am talking to a lot of people who I'm coaching um, on this about is not only what are unique, unique and valuable, or rather, what makes you unique and valuable, but how are you communicating that to the right audience, to your ideal person, and, and, and how, how, why should they be so compelled to not only use you, but also tell all their friends about you as well? And that's, that's the magic. And if you don't do that, and this is why we started here, if you don't do that, you're becoming more commoditized. And I think even more so, it is, it's a helpful thought process to think about starving actors because there's a lot of them and there's a lot of people who say, I'm in real estate. And there's, there's, there's big industry forces saying, hey, agents are more relevant than they, than they have ever been. Oh, yeah? Really? Really? <laughs> I, you go talk to agents. You go talk to agents all day and you tell me if they feel like they've been, that they're worth more than they ever have been. In fact, that is, that's definitely not the trend. I don't know where you're getting your stats or if you've got, if you've got a reason that you're saying that. I, in fact, I know you do. But, you know, we can talk about why the industry talks that way as well, right? There's a lot of self-preservation there. But oh, yeah. when it comes down to it, from a brass tax standpoint, somebody who invests into agents on a daily basis, unless agents believe, stop believing that people want agents more than ever and start believing that the only reason they'll ever want you is when you tell a story that deeply impacts them and deliver on that story like, a, like an actor who gets gigs constantly, you'll stop getting gigs. Great. We'll leave it there uh, until next week. For the All right, next man. Indispensable Agent Podcast. Fun times. Thanks, man. Thanks, everybody. See ya. See ya.